We had so much response to last week's episode about the church that I knew we needed to dive deeper into talking about action. It sounds like you just went and got uh, in the Holy Spirit yelling (laughs) and screaming. Guys, I'm coming off from being sick. We'll talk about that more. My voice is probably going to go in and out. And we're doing this episode today. Our kids are all awake. You may hear little rumblings in the background. We're doing the best that we can today. Yep. We're showing up. And this episode is all about showing up as well, but in love outside of your church walls in your home. So (laughs) here we go, cracked voice and all. Welcome to I Get It, the podcast for modern women who don't want to live mediocre. We're balancing babies on our hips, typing out that important email and flipping pancakes at the same time. Not to mention keeping things steamy with our husbands right before we put on our face mask for the night. It's not easy. And you are not alone. I'm your host, Tara Wages, and I get it. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. <laughs> we are so glad that you are here. Wes and I are sitting across from our dining room table, feeling like we are coming back to life today. <laughs> Just like the grass outside. Just like the gra- There's actually still snow on the left side of our house, which is insane. But not only did last week bring snow, it brought the lovely stomach bug Mm -hmm. to our home and four out of six of us were hit. We went down and actually funny story about it. Two of um, our friends came over and we were all hanging out like little kids, our kids, kids, friends. And so um, you literally referring to like our kids, (laughs) kids as our friends. Well, yeah, they're our friends. And one of them got sick while they were here and Olive was reassuring the siblings. She was like, don't worry. It's okay. My mom is a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And then Abbott went around and they like kept telling the sibling and the other kid, like my mom is a doctor. (laughs) Don't worry. And I'm going to be honest with you. I did not correct them. Yeah. You were like, it feels kind of good. You know, (laughs) you know, like in some ways I kind of am a doctor at times. (laughs) Um, so if my kids ever tell any of y'all, if you see them out in the wild, that I'm a doctor, just smile and say, yes, you know, your mom does a great job taking care of you. Dr. Love. You know, I I do. I doctor them with love. Um, unfortunately the next day we needed an upper level doctor because our son, our oldest son, he was one, he was one of the ones that went down first with the stomach bug. Walking down the stairs. You were sick too, so I couldn't take him to you. Yeah, You know, so I had to take him to a real doctor. (laughs) Exactly. But he was coming down the stairs and fell, like, down the stairs. And Wes immediately ran to him. And when he got to him, he Was lethargic and... Yeah, he was just, like, laying there. No response. Could not hold his head up. Completely lost color. Um all over his body, not just his face. And I talked to him about this last night, and I actually think that he was coming down the stairs. Obviously, he wasn't feeling well. He said he hit his head on the wall. Mm. So maybe he came down the first few steps, hit the wall, and then... Anything is possible with this child, honestly. Who knows? Yeah, it was just, it was super scary. He was practically like, he was unconscious. I mean, we were able to get his eyes open some, but he was out. He yeah. was not here. And so we had a very eventful weekend, to say the least, yep. but the sun is out today. I am finally, I ate, I've eaten two meals. I mean, they weren't full meals, but I've eaten two times today. It's a big deal. 
So it's a great, beautiful day. I'm happy to be here. Thank y'all so much for joining us. And um, yeah, going to dive in. Wes, are you ready? Yeah. You said this is part two. This is part two. And to last week, if you have not yet listened to last week's episode, I highly encourage you to go and listen to it first. I believe it's episode 45. Is this episode 46? Maybe I should look and see. 45 or 46. Yeah. Oh, nope. This is 47. Wow. Wow. So yeah, go back to last week's episode. We are talking about brokenness within the church. And I released that last Tuesday morning. And three hours later, I was sitting in my kitchen. And all of a sudden, I had an epiphany. And I was like, you know, there's so much more to this that was not said that we need to address. And then throughout the week last week, I had so many thoughtful conversations. So many of you reached out and talked and told me your story and shared with me pain that you had encountered at some point in your life within the church body. You know, whether it was from people spreading rumors about your family within your church or feeling isolated within your church or lacking real connections um, and everything just being superficial to really deep pain from some people. And I just realized we can't just say, well, we're broken. You know, don't put your Mm -hmm. salvation in people because people are broken and be okay with that answer. There's so much more that has to be done. And and I want to preface right here to say that I know we're now two weeks into spiritual podcasts. And if you're not a spiritual person, this this the purpose of this podcast isn't to be just for Christians, you know, but I definitely want to address this, recognizing issues that we in our society have had. And I wish I could say it was really just within the last two years or the last year, which it's been highlighted, but this dates back from the beginning, you know, if we, Mm -hmm. if we look at the role that white Christians have played in slavery and segregation and, and these deep issues in our country, dude, it's dark and scary and terrible. And so there has to be a call to action. We can't just say, well, we're broken. It's okay. We have to do something about it. Um, it's not okay to just be cheating on our spouse because we're broken people or to be drunk, you know, because we're broken people or molest other humans just because, well, I'm a sinner, you know, that these things are not okay. And we don't have an excuse to do these things. We don't get a pass if we're going to call ourselves part of the body of Christ. And so I think ultimately it's making a decision and saying, do I align with this? Mm Mm-hmm. Do I align with Jesus or do I not? And we live in the South, which, Wes, what is the South? Where are we? We're in Alabama. No, but where are we? The Bible Belt. The Bible (laughs) Belt, where what do we do at church? What is the purpose? It's social. Socialization. (laughs) Yeah. Where'd you get your dress? Where'd you get your hat? Hey, my name's Wes. What's your name? Oh, where do you go to church? Where do you work? We're networking here. Yeah. You know, what congregation are you a part of? And and I hate to stereotype that, but let's get down to the realness of it. That is a lot of the truth. And I feel bold enough to say that because when we look at some of the darkest parts of our history in our country, it's taken place right here in the Bible Belt. Yeah. You know? And so 
at one point, people were using literal crosses and burning them in front of other people's homes that were fighting against racism. I recently went to a, uh, a meeting and there were people there holding Confederate flags and their shirts said, Jesus, lead me where your, where your, what's the words, Wes? Where my trust is without borders. They were wearing like their Jesus yeah, the- shirts holding Confederate flags. And so when we look right here in the Bible Belt, but we see so much turmoil, what are we doing? You know, there's there's obviously a disconnect somewhere. And so that leads me to say, like, so what is brokenness? If you, if you missed last week's episode, what do I mean when I say brokenness? And that is just simply, we are all sinners, every single one of us. And we cannot hold each other to a level of who Jesus is. We cannot put our salvation in each other. And, and that is because none of us are above fault. So when we talk about this, it's convicting. You know, when, when we talk about our sin and, and our role within the society that we have created, it's convicting because we have to look within ourselves to know what's my responsibility and what am I doing? Yeah, I'm always thinking like, are we doing enough? And no, I don't think so. Yeah, personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just constantly. I mean, that's that's part of a Christian right is constantly checking yourself, uh, looking to the Bible as as a guide, and um, and more than not even doing enough, but doing the right thing. Yeah. Are we doing the right things? Because that definition looks different for so many people, you know? hundred percent. And so I want to, I wanted to do this part two for that call to action. For to say, you know, we can't just say, well, we're, we're broken. We're a mess. Let's just let it be. When there's so many hurting people in our world, we can't live in the Bible belt but hold up white supremacy within our church bodies. Like we have a duty, we have an obligation, we have a calling, you know, if we follow Jesus to live our lives in love. And so it's asking ourselves, are we doing that? Are we? And so I have three points today that I really want to make to dig deeper into those questions and into that call of action for ourselves to make sure we are doing those things. Because ultimately, that is what we are called to do. We are called to love. We are called to love hurting people. We are called to love immigrants. We are called to love widowers, the poor. Are we doing it? people that look different than us, talk different than us. And so the first point that I want to make is to make space for other people and to recognize that we, as a church, have done damage in our society. We have literally hurt other people while wearing Jesus's name across our chest. (laughs) And guys, I'm not excluded from this. I'm very much a part of these issues. You know, all of us are. And so don't think that I'm sitting here trying to act like I have my life all together because please hear me that I don't. Um, 
But I'm trying to recognize and realize these mistakes that I've personally made and now self-correct. And so the easiest and the step one is to make, make that space to listen to other people, to, to listen to people outside of our church, to hear how we can show them love, to look into their lives, to see how they are feeling pain in certain ways and show light to them through that. If, if it is people that are poor, you know, that, that need financial aid, guys, why are we not helping them? If it is people that feel hurt and pain from unjust acts that Christians, individual Christians have done to them through the racial divide, whether it was in 1960 or 2020, why are we not coming to their aid and, and standing in justice with them? If it is a mom who doesn't have support, who doesn't have healthcare, why am I holding my tax dollars and, and putting it to invest in myself above making sure people have the health care that they deserve, the very basic need? Why are we not listening to people and hearing their brokenness and standing in the gap for them and making space for humans? That is the first step is making space for them in love. The next thing that we have to do is to take responsibility for the role that we play. And and that's kind of multi-layered. And and by taking responsibility, that is me as Tira Wages looking into my own life and seeing who I've been. I can see the blind eye that I turned to racism for several years. I can see the, the pain that I've probably caused other women possibly, you know, from if they felt put down by me in any way. This is me recognizing that I have put myself above the needs of others for so long or that I was close-minded to other people's points of view for a long time, that I believed in the death penalty for years, Mm. which blows my mind. Ah, I want to beat myself up 15, 20 years ago. So I have to look at who I was and and take responsibility for that and now work to fight against it and see what am I standing on? What am I believing in? How does it line up with Jesus? And now I need to speak out against these things that I once stood so firmly on. I have to undo the tangled web that I created you know? Yeah, but I think the hardest thing about that is admitting that you're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And we can only know we're wrong by doing that first thing, listening to others, mm-hmm. making space for others. I will never know that I'm wrong if I'm only hanging out with the same exact people that look like me, that talk like me, that make the same amount of money as me. Mm. I will never know that there's a need. But as soon as we step out of that and we can see a bigger picture, we can see the people that live a few, a few blocks down or, or the people that have experienced different lives. Suddenly I can see, oh my gosh, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And now it's my job to stand in and correct those issues. And in some ways that's been apologizing 
You know, I, I've, I've definitely made some apologies this last year. And in some ways, it's standing with those that I used to would have stood against and not even stood against, but just not understood. I didn't understand their pain, so I ignored it. I turned a blind eye to it because it didn't affect me. But now I can see as a Christian, if someone is feeling pain, it's my job to let that pain affect me because Hmm. it's my job to step in to show them love. And if I'm not doing that, I'm not being who Christ called me to be. Jesus did not walk past the blind man and keep walking. Mm -hmm. Jesus did not tell the woman at the well who was an adulteress to just go away and keep walking. He saw their pain and he let their pain move him to action. So if we are not being moved to action, who are we being like? And so we get to choose who we are today. And so a part of that is that taking responsibility. And then the other part of that is stopping the cycle of making excuses for our brokenness. Stopping that cycle. Make, having self-control. Making choices in our own lives that uplift Christ, you know? And this is where the conviction comes in, guys, because you know, there are definitely areas of my life that I'm a sinner, for sure. And so by looking into my life and being like, okay, it may feel good to do these things. It may make me feel good, but is this sin? You know, is this something, and, and I'm going to be real clear and people are going to disagree. I don't look to anybody else to tell me in the Bible what sin was. I look to Jesus only. Hmm. So if the words did not come from Jesus, that is who I look to. So I know that that is like gray area for a lot of people. Y'all are like living by Paul, living by Timothy, living by Leviticus, whatever. I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. And so I'm looking to him, to who I'm supposed to be in my own life. And I'm not holding anyone else to any other standard. Those red letters. I look to the red letters a hundred percent because guys, everybody else was also broken. Sorry. They were broken. We're broken. And, um, so I'm looking at myself and saying, what am I doing wrong? That does not glorify Jesus. Period. And then I go into step three or point number three. And that is where we talk about accountability. Okay. And so this area for me, I get a little frustrated in. And the first thing I want to say about accountability is we as Christians and as believers have to stop holding non-believers to our standards period, especially when we can barely hold ourselves to these standards, you know? Yeah. And maybe a non-believer is sinning in a different way from your perspective than you are. But if you got sin in your life, homie, you ain't got no room to tell this other person what they should and should not be doing on Friday night, on Monday night, where they should be hanging out, who they should love, how they, like anything. Keep your mouth closed, okay? 
And we are so lucky. We are so lucky to live in a country that is religious freedom. Yeah, man, yeah. You know? And so it is not our job to tell everyone in America to live by the same standards in which we live by unless we too want to live by the same standards that they live by. If you would like to keep your freedom as an American, it is your duty and your job as an American to allow other people to keep their same freedom. That is my that is my venting and my rant about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, your job, your only job when it comes to that is to be love and light. And if you're doing that, and if you want to call people to Christ to where they will then feel convicted about whatever sin you feel like they should, that's what you're going to do. You know? You just sitting there condemning them and telling them, oh, you shouldn't do this, oh, you can't do this. Um, All you're doing is pushing people further away. And so we are held to accountability within our church body. And I want to tell you what accountability looks like. There, There are two areas that people can look like for accountability. And true accountability looks like checking yourself first. Okay? Before you pluck the speck out of someone else's eye, remove the log from yours. And so before you come to someone and say, hey, I see that you're struggling in this area. If you follow Christ the way that you proclaim, this is what his word says about this. How can I help you to do this? What do you need from me? Or what areas are you struggling in that's creating this for you? While recognizing that you yourself have struggles. It is a one-on-one conversation in nothing but love. Accountability is personal, and yes, it is biblical. What we tend to do, though, is we tend to do the very thing that Jesus called out, and that is throwing stones. And throwing stones is accusations. It's blame shifting. It's acting like you are above whatever is being condemned. And that can be publicly or privately. But man, social media, we've made it so public. It is so fun to throw stones at other people. And it makes us feel great about ourselves. And this is something that I have really thought about within my own life. Different times that... I could have really fallen into the deep end. You know, there there was that season that I was, it was dark. And I said the whole time, Wes and I were struggling in our marriage and I was pregnant. <laughs> and I was half angry that I was pregnant because I just wanted to be drunk all the time. <laughs> all the time. On, like, and, and you laugh, but like, I, I honestly believe being pregnant, God knew what right. he was doing. That was him being sovereign in my life because I fully believe I would have just drank every second. And having that that moment in that season of my life that opened my eyes to pain that other people are in. It helped me see how people can get to the point of just breaking and falling off into 
to darkness and to into deep pain of doing whatever they have to do to not feel the way they feel anymore. And the way you're sitting there throwing stones at them when they break, when they get to that point. And we're acting like you're above it. You know, that, that you would never do anything like that when you've been sleeping with your boyfriend for six years. You know? But just because you yours looks different than theirs, you feel like yours is better. And we have a tendency as humans, all of us, to do that to each other. You know? And so we have to realize that these are not our stones to throw. That's ha- actually happening right now. This is a great example um, somebody actually recently were like, you should talk about what's happening in Bachelor Nation <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> and this is a great opportunity to do that, Bachelor Nation homies, with what's happening right now with Rachel. Fill me in. Okay. So Rachel, I'm going to butcher her last name, Kirkland, whatever her last name is. She, in 2018, or she's dating Matt James, our first black bachelor, and... She's dating him? Well, yeah. She's on the show. She's dating him. She's definitely, she's in the top four at this point. Oh, she's one of the girls that's in the top. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, a girl came out on TikTok and was like, hey, Rachel used to make fun of me and several other women. She bullied us because we liked black men because we either dated them or were attracted to them and she bullied us. And then images came out of Rachel wearing... Um, antebellum dresses and plantation style at like partying at a plantation, wearing these like old timey clothes from th- that era, you know, which is very damaging to our black community, you know, to many people that identify, you know, that come from generations of slavery. And, um, and so people are just livid about it. And, just persecuting her. And so in this moment, we have to ask ourselves, how do we respond in this? And I've realized that this is not my stone to throw. You know, I'm a white person that once turned a blind eye to racism. Yeah. You know? So if we that have done the very thing, even though mine looked different than hers, are throwing stones at her. We're no better than her, you know? And so we have to ask ourselves, who are we to judge these people? And is me judging them actually going to call them in to what they're supposed to be doing? To where I have an example in my own life of a woman that I have personally caused pain to, a black woman in our community, and she reached out to me and was like, hey, Tira, You're talking about this, but where are your actions at? What have you done? And I'm able to then tell her, hey, these are the things that I've done. These are the steps that I've taken since our interaction, since since I've learned. And she is the only person in that moment that had any right to speak to me about anything that I've done wrong, you know, because she is who I actually hurt. And she did it in a way that called me in. She called me in. She called me in by asking, what are you doing to make it better? Instead of just persecuting me. In that moment, she could have just persecuted me. She could have blasted me. She could have done anything she wanted to. And she had the right to do it. 
but she said, what are you doing to make it better? And so we need to look at these people like Rachel, like Chris, like all of these people that are making mistakes majorly publicly and saying, what are you going to do to make it better? How are you going to learn from this? How are you going to grow from this? Instead of just sticking our heels on them and digging them further into the mud. So we have to stop throwing stones at each other. Because how we respond to other people is a reflection of our own hearts. That says where our our hearts lie. And how we respond is the gateway of either calling someone into love or pushing someone further away from you. And so when we think about our role in the church, when we think about how we respond as broken people to the mess we have made in this society and in our world, we have to make space for others. We have to listen. We have to take responsibility for the roles that we are playing. We have to stop holding non-believers to the standards in which we live by. And we have to hold others accountable that identify as Christians without throwing stones at anyone. That is our job. Our job is to love and nothing else. That's what we're called to do. Unconditionally. That agape love. Mm -hmm. If you didn't listen to that episode, you can hear our children in the background. We're doing this during the day. (laughs) And so that's it. I just, I could not release that first episode without having a follow-up, without having that call to action and also that recognition of my own struggles in this, in my own accountability and what it looks like and what I'm working towards to help stop this cycle of what we as Christians are doing to our world because it's painful, it's hard to watch, and it goes against everything that Jesus himself called us to do. And I appreciate y'all being here. I appreciate all the incredible conversations that we have had this last week. And if you would like to talk to me about this or dig deeper with me, you can find me at Tira Wages. And I want to thank you all for your reviews. This is from Gen C0630 from last week. I can't thank you enough for your raw, refreshing honesty I just listened to the episode on church and it spoke to me. Almost cried and I am not a crier. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen063, for showing up. And I hope that this message today, what I had on my heart to share, also spoke to you and has called you in. Thank you so much for being here. I know that life is a little crazy and there are days that you feel a little crazy especially when you have to reflect on if you're prioritizing love or just throwing stones. You are not alone. I get it. Be happy and love each other. Peace.